I invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. I'm going to read the first section, uh, likely a paragraph break in your Bible. Let me read God's Word. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Here I love the end goal of even just this section, which I think, I feel, wraps out even chapter 14 of Romans, the idea of this uh, unity in diversity. There's a diversity of opinion uh, assumed in this Roman church, and there's yet to be unity. And the end goal of it all is the glory of God. It is the fame, the adoration of God, the respect due God. That's the goal. The reason you're going to do all that you're about to do, the reason you're going to do hard things, is so that God is praised. If you don't do these hard things, and if you care for yourself only or first, if you insist on your own way, if you judge others because of their convictions, God will be robbed of glory. But we want God to get the glory. Here I want us today to look specifically at verses 5 to 7. Last week we looked at uh, the scriptures being written for our instruction, all of them, that through endurance, the endurance that God gives us, and the encouragement of the scriptures, there we have true and lasting hope. Well, this, we see that Paul busts into a prayer. He goes right in, he's t- telling the, the Roman church and telling us what we're to be for and, and what's to encourage us, the scriptures, and then he, verse 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Verse 5 begins with this, this ask, this desire. May the God of endurance and encouragement. Interesting, he begins again with showing us who God is. The verse prior in verse 4, it talks about uh, through endurance and encouragement. The scriptures give us hope. Well, here it reminds us where that endurance and encouragement comes from. God himself. He is the God of endurance. He is the God of encouragement. It's amazing because the encouragement that comes from God is genuine. It's true. Sometimes in life, people will try to offer you encouragement, and it will be shallow. It'll be just cliche. It'll be just words. You know it's not genuine or deep. 
But God, who is true always, when encouragement flows from him, it is deep, it is meaningful, it is lasting. That's where our encouragement should flow from. I'm not saying people can't encourage us genuinely. But if you want lasting encouragement to help you endure, to help you to get through yourself, get over yourself, you need God. Made the God of endurance. It says an interesting word here. Grant you harmony. Harmony, unity. We think, oh, well, I can just, you know, in my strength and my ability, get along with others, right? I can just hold my tongue or I can just change my opinion or I can just change their opinion. And that's what's going to bring harmony among the people of Christ. But here, the harmony comes from, is granted to us. It's gifted to us by this God of endurance Interesting. Harmony granted by a God of endurance. What is endurance? It's long waiting. It's, it's painful waiting. It's difficulty. You're enduring. I think of endurance, I think of a race, a marathon, a person who has to endure. It's tiring. May the God of endurance and encouragement, he's not just going to make you endure a hard thing for no Reward. There is reward in, in harmony. And we read the reward at the end of this section. It's the glory of God. It's the reward. But it's God who's going to grant us, through endurance, through encouragement, harmony with one another. And again, that's an important phrase there. With one another. It doesn't say with the world. You don't have to live in harmony and unity with the world. It doesn't mean we're at enmity and at war with the world, that we cause a war. But here specific, this harmony that God's going to grant us is with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brought into the family of this God. God calls us out of isolation, a a, a world where we live for ourselves. We live from ourselves, our own desires. We live for ourselves. And God calls us out of that to live for him in a family where we cannot be solo, where we are not independent. You are just an eye. You need the foot. God calls us into this body where we are dependent on one another, expressing our dependence on him and the things he supplies. So one another. Whenever you read one another, I think too often we fly through just words in the Bible And one another is one of those phrases, especially in the New Testament, you ought to pay attention to. When it says one another, you've got to slow down and think, is there something for me to do for others here? This is drawing me out of selfish world. This is drawing me into the Christian life. When it's talking about one another, I'm supposed to be thinking about others. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Who am I to live in harmony with? The family of God. What is this harmony, though? What is the harmony that is hoped for here in this text? That God's going to grant us to live, prayerfully, God's going to grant us to live in this harmony with one another. Um, Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 is also speaking about harmony in the church. He says, Ephesians 4, at the very beginning, he says this, I therefore... A prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Listen to the, the person described here. 
with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, like live representing Jesus well. And the way you're going to do that, you've been called to do this, is to love one another in humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, as we looked earlier uh, in this chapter already in Romans 15, and yet eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Eager? Are you eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, even if that means you have to drop some of your preferences? Are you eager to do that? Most of us, because we're selfish, are not. And that's why Paul says, this is the way you're walking worthy according to your calling. To be representative of of Christ, who is perfectly united with his Father, worthy of your calling, you are to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. This is the family unity. It's not necessarily theological or opinion unity. But be eager to maintain this family unity. It's something that's already given. Because he says, you know, you're to walk worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You've, you've already been called there. It's something you're, you're drawn into. You've already been given. But now we have the duty to play it out. The duty to maintain this unity. We've been called into the family. Now we are now called to maintain the family. To keep the family together. To keep the family moving in one direction. The family of God. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce, a commentator, said this. He said, It is not based, this unity is not based on our limited and even mistaken understandings of God's truth. But on the fact that there is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope, you were called to one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all through all and in all. That comes from Ephesians 3, 4, and 5. He continues saying, It is the unity of which Jesus prayed for in John 17, which Paul here is praying for in Romans. It's a family unity. In Colossians chapter 3, it also gives us uh, really example and, and tips on what this unity looks like. It doesn't look like just all being the same person but it looks like having a transformed heart together colossians 3 13 to 15 says this bearing with one another and if anyone has a complaint against another forgiving each other as christ the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive but above all these put on love and which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. There, it's bringing the frame of mind to what this unity looks like and, and the foundation of the unity. Forgive as you were forgiven. You must forgive. As Jesus forgave you, you must extend that forgiveness. Put on love, which binds. It says love binds all things together in this perfect harmony. Harmony is not uniformity. 
I mentioned this, I don't even know how long ago or what passage it was related to, but the idea of a symphony, harmony, right? Two different notes are being played in a symphony. Two different notes being sung in a choir, and yet they are going together. They're different notes, it's a C and a G, but yet they sound beautiful together. They're moving in the same direction, they're following the same conductor, they're following the same path, but they're different and it's beautiful. But they're not working against each other. They're not fighting, saying, well, I'm going to go faster than you are. Or I'm just going to change when you are not changing. Harmony is togetherness. Following one path, one conductor. And it is love that, that binds us together in that harmony. Because it's, it's saying, well, I don't need to have my way right now. I don't need to be right I'm going to follow the lead of another. I'm going to go with you, even though we're different. I'm going to go beside you. That's the beauty of harmony. And in Colossians passages I read, it says, really, what ought to rule our hearts is the peace of Christ. The fact that we have been reconciled to God. We are now in unity and union should be in our hearts with God in Christ. That's supposed to rule our hearts. Not selfish motivations. Not individual preferences, but Christ is to rule our hearts. We've been called there into one body, it said. Christ is to rule my heart as Christ is to rule your heart and the person's next to you heart. As our brothers and sisters in different churches, hearts. Christ is to rule our hearts. And when it is, then we're in harmony. It's when Christ is not ruling our hearts that the song sounds sour. When we're doing our own song, when we're doing our own step, our own pace, our own direction. Harmony is walking in one direction with one conductor. That's why it says in our passage here, look back again at Romans 15, 5, says, uh, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. With Christ Jesus. It's in, it's in step with Him and His uh, conducting of our lives. His ruling of our hearts. It's not based on um, secondary things. It's because, oh, well, we agree on baptism or we agree on uh, the end times. That that's why we're in harmony. Those things should not be what causes us to be in harmony. Christ. In accord with Christ is where our harmony is found. So that, it has a reason, verse 6, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Together. Not like, oh, well, you know, I'm a solo Christian and those Christians can do their thing there and those Christians can do their thing there and I'll just do my thing. But together. Because one day there is only one heaven where Pentecostals and Baptists, where born-again Uniteds and Anglicans, where, where we all go on and on with the list. I'm not going to list them all. But anyone who's born again, anyone who belongs to Christ, we won't stand together because we finally agreed on baptism. We'll stand together because Christ has accomplished something in our hearts and our lives. So together, we may with one voice, one voice, and that, that's what you hear sometimes when you hear a, a perfectly sung song. 
You, you don't hear someone starting the word before the other person. It's perfect. Think of the most perfect song you've ever heard, and it's still probably off. But there's some things that are so, um, so have such beautiful harmony, and they, they work such in sync. You can hear it. People who've sung together for years, and you hear it, think, that is just, there's beauty in that. There's beauty in that. And the, and the amazing thing is, you get that in terms of music and in sound, but that's not what's speaking of here. The one voice that we're together in is strictly a life of unity. Our life, pictured, seen, walking together, is supposed to sing that song. It's supposed to appear harmonious. It's supposed to sound harmonious with one voice. We singularly say, this is important, the gospel, with one voice. For the last, I don't, can't count how many times I've been to a conference called Together for the Gospel. The last three times I went, there was upwards of 10,000 people, mainly pastors in a stadium from all different denominations. And it's called Together for the Gospel. So with one voice, we're there saying we disagree on a thousand and two things. But we're together with one voice, together for the gospel. And it's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever experience. Singing with people who you disagree with at lunch. And you can fight with at lunch. But you come together for the gospel and there is beauty in it. There is encouragement and endurance in it. It's from God. Together with one voice we sing in harmony. Together with one voice, we are in accord with Christ Jesus. This is exactly what Christ prayed for in John 17. John 17, verses 20 to 23, Jesus prays this. I don't ask for these only, his disciples who are here, but I ask for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you, that's me. He says that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and that loved them even as you loved me. Jesus puts a lot at stake there. There's a lot at stake if unity goes out the window. He says, I'm asking that they may be one so the world may believe you have sent me. If Christians are spending more time being fractured about politics or end times or secondary doctrines, if we are more focused on making that our point of harmony, Jesus says, the world's not going to believe that, that the Father sent me, that I am divine. They're going to look at all of your things that you've made mountains to die on and not see Jesus. The world won't believe that Jesus was divine. And he he says further, he says, I also want them to be one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them. The world will know that God loves them when we are one. And you know how that is? It's because we're not one because we are the same people. 
We're not one because we have come to be a cookie-cutter Christian. We all look the same, act the same, dress the same, talk the same, believe the same about every little thing. That's not why they're going to know that God loves them. They're going to know God loves them because there's harmony amongst the diversity. When people see different people of different ages together in harmony, they say, what brings them together? What, what hobbies do they share? What interests do they share? Right? It's, it's the, the love that they have for one another. These two people who are vastly different, who are diverse in every way, together for Christ, that's when the world says, I, I think God must love them and must love us. Like, there's just something unique about people who should not love each other, loving one another, serving one another. People who shouldn't on every spectrum. They're totally different in every regard and they love one another and they're going to serve one another. They're going to lay down their lives for their brothers or sisters in Christ. When the world sees that, they said, there's love there that we don't understand. A love that doesn't make sense. And that love is the love of the Father. So Jesus says there's a lot at stake. It's what he prayed for. So it says, so that together with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ. So glorify. How, how is it that we glorify him? How do we give him more honor and glory? And, and it even ends that way in verse 7. Therefore, therefore, the here, here it summarizes. Since this is all true and this is what we want, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you. He didn't welcome you because of your theological standpoint. He didn't welcome you because of your style or your ability to clean yourself up. He didn't welcome you that way. And so we're not to try to make that the rules for how we welcome one another either. How we are harmonious or, or welcome each other into the family. We welcome one another by grace as Christ has welcomed us. And the reason there is for the glory of God. We glorify him. If you could give God more honor and more glory, should you do it? Yes, of course. But would you do it? We should. We should give God more glory if there is a way to do it. We should. But would we? And do we go out of our way? To do hard things for God. Because we know that it would bring him more honor and more glory. Do we do that? Are, are we intentional about that? Do we take time to sit down and think, what can I do intentionally today that is going to bring honor and adoration to God? What's going to bring glory to God today? What am I going to do that's maybe hard? That I have to set myself aside, my preferences aside, my, my desires aside. What am I going to do so God gets more honor and glory? The differences I have with whoever. Can I set them aside to be living in harmony with them? How can I strive for harmony with those that I seem to bump up against all the time? How can I do it? And I need to do it because it's going to glorify God. It's going to glorify God. And so I'm going to do hard things today for his honor and glory. You know, there's types of harmony, though. Types of unity that um, are not particularly going to bring him more glory um, when we do them in a certain way. Like, it's not to say that they're uh, going to defame God of glory, just that they don't cause people to be in awe and amazed at God. There are types of harmony and types of unity that don't cause people to be amazed at God. 
The types of those kinds of harmony is if you only worship with people like you. If you only worship with people the same age as you, the same race as you, the same economic status as you, same style as you or interests as you. If you only worship with them, if they're only your close brothers and sisters who you love deeply and serve deeply, the same age, race, economic, then God's not going to be more glorified because you worship with those people. Because people don't need to be amazed that you worship with people the same age as you. There's nothing unique about that. Or that all the people you share the same hobbies with and the same likes with, it's not shocking to the world that you hang out together and that you serve one another. It's not shocking. It's just like everybody else. You, you are friends with those who are friendly. What's shocking and what is amazing to the world is when the polar opposite happens. Different ethnicities, different, completely different cultures and lifestyles together, serving one another, walking with one another, befriending one another, loving one another. That amazes the world. That amazes people going, this makes no sense that there is a 90-year-old with 30-year-old friends. Why are they having coffee? Why are they really enjoying themselves? Are they genuinely enjoying themselves? Why? Because they have harmony in Christ. They can encourage one another in the Lord. That is what amazes people. And, and we can extend that amazement to God for His glory. It doesn't just happen with regular, old, same old people gathering together when it's easy. It's when it's hard that God gets the glory. It's when it's difficult, when you have to lay your culture aside, when you have to lay your preferences aside, and you still love these people, and you serve these people, and you honor these people as your brothers and sisters. That's when God gets more glory. If you're only friends with people who agree with you, God's not going to get more glory from that. It doesn't mean that God won't be glorified by your friendships. But he's not going to get more glory and be honored more when you're just friends with those who just agree with you. But if you're friends with those who you have significant disagreement with, God will get glory. If you only serve those who will serve you back, God will not get more glory. Live in such harmony, it says. Something granted to us by God because we need his grace to do this because we're selfish. We need God to break us out of our self-preferences. We need God to do this. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Don't we want that? We want that. May this be our prayer. May God grant us harmony with one another. So that together with one voice, with one heart, with one desire and one passion and one vision and mission for Christ to be made known. May that cause us to sing with one voice for his glory, his honor, his recognition in our own hearts as we've set ourselves aside and in the hearts of those who would look on. May we glorify God with everything we have in this harmony. It's something we need from God, but it's something we must submit to. We must walk in. We must do hard things and think about that. Like, what have you sacrificed lately? To, to pursue harmony. Have you sacrificed anything for the sake of harmony in the last five years? Or have you just gone where it's easy to be harmonious and, and seem to get along and have unity? Have you just done what's easy? And so it's really, it's really important to think about. It's like, how are you um, pursuing hard things to glorify God 
in unique and new ways. Something we must think about, but something we must pray about as Paul prayed about as well. So let me do that for us together. Well, God, you are a God who himself endures and are able to cause us and and make us endure through hardships, through difficult times, through times where we are let down, through times where we are set aside ourselves. You're the God who endures, and you will help us to endure. You're the God who encourages lastingly. Truly, you encourage us by loving us when we are unlovely. So would you help us to extend that to others, that we may uh, live in such harmony with one another and with brothers and sisters in our community who don't choose to worship with us, who may disagree with us theologically. May we live in harmony with them around the gospel, around the fact that when we are sinners, we can come by faith alone to Christ and there find forgiveness. May that truth just resound in our hearts and encourage us deeply so that we might pursue that harmony with others that we know. Pursue that harmony with others we don't yet know. May we be together for the gospel so that others, the world may see and know that you have sent Christ and that he is who he said he was. He's divine and he loves them. May we glorify you. May we give you more honor and adoration than we did yesterday. Help us to pursue this even as we pursue harmony. Grant to us this harmony for your glory, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.